the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by New Covenant Church, Humble. behaviors and addictions have long been a pandemic in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. God wants everyone to walk out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. This is Pastor John Allworth coming to you live from the KKHT studios. I'm so excited today. We have a wonderful guest. He's a, a friend of mine, a brother that I've known for a while, and we've been working together. And, um, you know, this show is is about hope. And we, um, we want to bring people on that are doing kingdom work because the truth of the matter is if you're in bondage out there and you're listening to this show, you don't have to live the way you're living. You don't have to, to, to be in bondage. You don't have to be a slave to whatever you obey, to addiction. And that's true for you, and that's true if you have a friend or a relative, a loved one who's also in bondage. You know you know that more people died last year under the age of 45 from one drug overdose, fentanyl overdose, than died from COVID. Not to minimize anything about what's going on in our society with COVID, but we have, as our introduction says, had a, a pandemic with addiction for centuries, for, for millennium. And uh, it's not getting better, it's getting worse. Uh, drug statistics, alcohol statistics uh, are up through the roof. And uh, the truth of the matter is you don't have to live that way. Your loved one doesn't have to live that way. So we try to bring people on that are doing kingdom work in different ministries. Uh, we had uh, uh, people from, from women's ministries last week. And this week we've got a ministry that is near and dear to my heart, and that is the Open Door Mission. And I'm... Uh, Honored to be joined today by Horace White, who is the CFO of the, the Chief Financial Officer of the Open Door Mission, and who is a graduate of the mission. How are you doing today, Horace? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So glad to be here. Thanks well, for having me. It's great to have you on the program. Um, you know, one of the things I love about the mission is just to, just to kind of cap, and we're going to go through it in detail here before we get, end up, but it's a seven-month program for people that go five to seven months for mm-hmm. people that go all the way through, and people get job training, and uh, it's the amazing placement into jobs and help with places to live and helps with computer skills. Some people, some guys don't even know how to read when they go in, yes. but they, education, GEDs, so, so they address the alcohol-related or drug-related problems with Smart Recovery 12 Steps and, most importantly, with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, but that's also a practical program that, that, that talks about, 
you know, how to make it in this world. And, and one of the things I love is, is I don't know, it's almost like half the people that work at the mission these days are graduates of the program. 51%. Uh, there you go. I, I knew it was close. So that, that is awesome. So Horace is, is doing a great job over there. I'm, I'm privileged to be on the board of directors there. And, and just last week, got a report from him about the financial status, you know, cause these ministries, every man that comes into the, to the mission pays the same amount. That's zero. zero. <laughs> it is faith-based. It is free. And, of right. course, we rely to run the mission on on your generosity. And if you want to contribute to the Open Door Mission, you can contact me at 832-475-8642. Send me a text, 832-475-8642. And that's also if you've got somebody that needs help, I'd be happy, men's or women, uh, to, to help place them in the right ministry that can give them the the, because as we say in the introduction, God wants everyone to come out of the out of the darkness and into His marvelous light. So, Horace, um, uh, you know, brother, it's just a, a blessing to have you here today. So, we're going to get into what you do at the mission and, and the work that the mission does in a little more detail here in a little bit. But let's talk about you, uh, because I know that uh, God has has changed your heart and changed the direction of your life. Uh, where where'd you grow up? I grew up right around the corner here in Navy, Southwest Houston. Okay, and. Uh, Born and raised. Born and raised, graduated from high school here? Uh-huh. Amy Felsick. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, in this area, so I'm familiar. When, when when you told me the location, I was like, I know exactly <laughs> what it is. And, and it felt like, it feels like a homecoming of some sorts. Well, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, t- you know, I, I want you to share with, the, with our audience uh, as much as you're comfortable. But, you know, we say in addiction that, there's a thousand different stories, but in, in one sense, they're all the same. Right. You right. know, addiction is progressive. It is uh, it is something that it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't discriminate based on race or gender or economic status or anything else. It, it, it can get anybody. Um, so t- tell us a little bit about about the road that you walked down. Definitely. So uh, I believe my, my road started around 17 when I went to work in my first Marriott. Marriott okay. Hotel. I was still in high school, my senior year, and um, I was a barback. My Uh-oh. parents didn't drink. Uh, my mom definitely didn't do anything. Uh, so I wasn't. It wasn't in my household. Outside of the little souvenir tequila bottles that would just magically the levels would drop. Right. We didn't have alcohol like that in the house. Okay. Um, and that was my first. You know just life experience with alcohol. So I was a bar back and I would go to all the bars that I would help set up. And I would, you know, be the judge who had the best margarita. I didn't know you were supposed to sip them. Um, but I think that that was my, you know, that was my first real experience with alcohol. And then college happens. I go away to Beaumont, Southeast Texas for Lamar university. And I wasn't much of a student, but it was not, it wasn't Houston. And I was uh, somewhat on my own. I had a twin sister. Uh, she and I went together for the first semester. But I was pretty much on my own, up to my own devices. And I, I felt like um, that's when the partying escalated. Uh, and it was less about school. But one thing that I, that I always kept constant was work. At 16, I started working. Um, at the Marriott, I was working. But when I got to Beaumont, I started working as a photographer. Uh, and then I freelanced for the Beaumont Enterprise, and then I went to be photo editor of the Lamar University Press newspaper. So I always had a, something to do, um, and school just really wasn't a priority for me. 
I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. making money, but oh, yeah. you know, and, I, I got I a little never, more out of it. Yeah. You know, up until recently, now I have it, but I can never duplicate the success I would have in real life work. Um, I always just, it was, it was party and work. I could, you know, do both of those, but school was just that piece. It, I wasn't, it wasn't until later on until I came back to Houston when I really got serious about school because at that point it had been long, it had been a long time since I was an undergrad. Well, you okay. said something there, you know, you were able to, and that's the way so many of us start mm-hmm. uh, is you were able to do your job and to party. Oh yeah. And, and at first it's fun and, and we're able to do that. We might have some bad days where we got a hangover. We don't feel oh, yeah. that good. Yeah. Get but, back out there. but it's, you know, what's called the, quote unquote functioning alcoholic right. or, or functioning drug addict. And and you know, we we begin to justify that's the problem. I'm gonna minister to a guy uh probably tomorrow and try to get him into the open door by the way. Yes. And you know, he's justifying right now because he's running a business but what he doesn't realize or what he's lying to himself about is that business could be flourishing. It could be doing yep. ten times better and he's mm-hmm. just barely making it, you know. But yeah. you know, we, we, we we and we blame things in addiction on you know it's somebody else's fault or the economy's right. not right or right. I got this bad break or or somebody mm-hmm. messed me around you know and and that's why we're not doing well it's not the alcohol and the drugs because you know as we, as you and I know the devil's a liar yeah it's a trick. <laughs> and 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 oh, yeah. you know he 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 whispers into our ear that everything's okay and we're just having fun we're just doing the same thing that everybody, everybody else is everybody else is doing yeah because you were you were a college kid uh-huh. and that's what college kids do yeah the red flag was the I fell out of Lamar University twice oh 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 yeah you know that's not that's not Ivy League, you know. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> no, you know, respectfully, you yeah, know. Um, you. So it was one of those situations where um, I would just the excuse would be, "Oh, well, you know, I'm just not studying something I'm interested in," you right? Know? Or it's like I would change my major and just, you know, after a semester or two. But see, because the partying becomes more important than oh yeah, you know, it, that that takes a higher priority. The Bible uh-huh. tells us we're a slave to whatever we obey. And, you know, that becomes the highest priority. So what, what happened after you flunked out of Lamar? Where'd okay, so I moved back to Houston. I moved back home with my family. And then now I'm living with them again. I You know, I've been away for three years. Okay. So it's kind of jarring. Um, yeah, and, that's a change. <laughs> and so my dad, growing up, he was a pastor. Okay. In the ministry. So I grew up um, waking up, you know, changing out of my pajamas to go into the living room to have service. And it just felt like this, like, um, uh, it was, a little, uh, you know, respectfully, it just felt performative. I wasn't a believer, though. Um, you didn't have a real relationship? No, not at all. I felt like uh, the success in my life came from work and career, so that's where I kind of put I put all my efforts because I felt like that, as a man, I attached my achievements to what I was doing and what I had, a, you know, I didn't have. And I it just didn't, I didn't create space for that at all. Yeah, that's that's a problem with people that we have is because we're taught in the society as a man we solve our own problems. Right. We got to do everything ourselves, and the inability to ask for help, and most importantly mm. to ask for help from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right. is is what because I mean as we say in recovery, without God I can't. Right. But it's a partnership, and without me, God uh, God won't. Right. <laughs> you know, we we both have, it, it, it's a team. It's yeah. a team, and and we we want to do everything on ourselves, and we attach our importance to. I did that for years. My my God was money. You know, I, I that was my idol. I chased money. That oh, yeah. that was how I valued myself. Yep. Is how much money am I making? Which is 
the last, uh, you know, of course I want to make money, but that's the last thing. It's not, you know, my relationship with him is most important now. Then my family, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and then my, what I'm doing in the community and, you know, maybe fourth place or something right. is, 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 uh, is, is the money aspect. But at that time I, I had a similar thing. That was the most important thing. How was my career going? Yeah. What uh-huh. was, yeah. What was I doing, uh, career wise and achievement wise? Mm-hmm. So, so how, how long did you stay at home then? I stayed at home for a while. I stayed at home. Um, I got into art classes, and I stayed at home until I graduated. Uh, actually, I stayed at home until I went to Open Door Mission. I kind of bounced around, but mostly uh, we moved from this area to North Houston. Okay. Um, but I stayed, you know, home until coming to the mission. Um, while I was there, I was a swim coach for seven years, and then I went over to open up the Marriott Marquis Houston downtown. Which, by the way, let's put it a plug. If you ever want to stay downtown, stay oh, at the yeah. Marriott Marquis. They've hired how many? 30-something uh-huh. men? That we're have graduated we're up from? to 39. 39 men yep. that have graduated. They're a, a business that believes in giving back to the Second community. Second chance. Second chance employer. Yes, and so thing. if you ever – and it's, doesn't it doesn't have that pool on top laser of it? Lazy sh- – Texas Shape Laser yeah. River. Well, uh-huh. we're having a gala there. Again, f- text me if you want to go, 832-475-8642. We're having a gala there on October the 7th mm-hmm. uh, so to raise time. money for the mission and, right. and also to honor the marquee. So it's it's been a, it's been a wonderful partnership. So uh, so are you saying you stayed at home until, until your family got you to go into the Open Door Mission? Yeah. Am I understanding that right? Yeah, okay. I did. I did. I wasn't um, – uh, you know, I, they, it, it was space, and I stayed – I didn't really get a lot of pressure to, to, to leave again. And I also feel like when I was on my own in Beaumont, it didn't go that well. So it was, it was comfortable, it was safe, and I didn't really have any um, tough conversations. I would, I would, you know, I would wreck a car or you know, driving intoxicated. Um, nobody really gave me those tough conversations because I can get up and go to work. I felt like right. Um, so that was that was my understanding. Um, but I opened the marquee, and now I'm not. Then I become a manager in the same property, which never happens. And um, I feel like the lifestyle escalated, like you mentioned it being progressive. That was I feel like that was my peak. Yeah. Um, but the last straw was when I wrecked my mom's car driving drunk. Okay. It wasn't my. That's bed. never a good idea. Wreck your mom's like car. car. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh man. I'm laughing. Like, it's not funny, but no, I, you situation. don't wreck mama's car. And yeah. I, you know, mm-hmm. I woke up. Uh, Houston Recovery Center. I would I would get pulled over by cops, and they would take me to Houston Recovery Center. It was like this uh, sober center where you could just you know sleep the night, wake yeah, up. Yeah. Three times. As opposed to giving you a DWI. Correct. Yeah. Wow. It was one of those things where it's like I did it again. This time it wasn't my car. Yeah. And I um. And that's God trying to get your attention, right? Through those police officers. You know, everybody thinks the police are just out there to to get us in trouble and everything else. But no. you and I both know that yeah. the police are the ones that bring guys to the open door yeah. mission half the time. Uh-huh. That's who bring, I mean, the, the, the police really are out there to protect and serve and really do have, are trying to keep us, protect us from ourselves and uh-huh. protect us from each other. And they, they really do have a heart. There are so many police officers that are involved in the open door mission and my hat's off to them. And the program, the jail diversion program and all these other programs that, that are designed to just, you know, you don't, the first stop doesn't always have to be jail. Right. Um, you can you can do treatment first, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I just thank God. I thank God for that because um, uh, I end up at the mission. I knew about the mission because we hire guys through the Marriott. Oh, you were already hiring them back uh-huh. then? We were already hiring them back then since okay. opening. Um, and I laughed when they suggested it to me at first. I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to open the mission. That's that's for, you know, homeless people. We, we okay. Right. And, you know, I, it was very, very um, 
Attila became my, one of my only options. It was either there or go to Irvine, California, where Dr. Phil sent his, his patients. Really? Because I had insurance. Okay. Um, but then it felt like a money grab because it was. You, you know, that's that's another thing that strikes me is is people have a uh, an inclination. You know, there's these places charge, you know, thirty, forty, fifty thousand yeah. dollars for for 28 days. Uh-huh. And the truth of the matter is. Uh, God bless people that have have gotten sober through those, but uh, my experience is twenty eight days is not long enough. Mm-hmm. It, it's not it, the, those places are set up to to, and not all of them. I know they mean well, but but it sounded nice. Yeah, it's 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 like a country club, but you're gonna, you know, the relapse rates are relapse rates are eighty five percent. You know, so they're, they're going to get you back for another thirty forty thousand dollars, where you can go to some place that's maybe not much as much of a country club, but you spend five to seven months at the Open Door Mission, and if you yeah. really care about it yourself and you really are dedicated to it, Big you're going to change your life. It's oh, going to yeah. transform your life. Yeah. And so that's that's really interesting because, you know, as I visited with you before the show, I didn't know all your story. I know your story now and what mm-hmm. you're doing, but didn't know. I didn't know that you had the choice to go to the country club or go away. to the mission. Yeah, yeah. They, want to, they want to fly me out, and, and I had to cover a third on the back end. Okay. Um. And it just felt like I'm, and I told the lady over the phone, and I was trying to convince her that I want to go to open the mission instead. She was like, "Well, that's a home." I said, "Well, look at me, look at where I am, and I know guys that it work for them, yeah. really good guys. And if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me." And I hung well, up the phone. Good for you, brother. Good for um, you. And then I show up to the first day, and one of my employees still in his work uniform at the front gate as I walk up, and it's like, oh, <laughs> because it was a manager-level problem. My yeah, yeah. my issues never got down to my 71-person staff, so it was just like one of those things where that I instantly just ego cracks. I could just see it. Well, that's the other thing. Pride uh-huh. keeps us from getting help. Yeah, uh-huh. pride. Keep, you said a couple of things there. Um, one, the open door, some people see it as just a home place for homeless, yeah. and, and that's not true. I mean, as Tommy has told me before, if your wife's kicked you out of the house and you're sleeping in your car, you're homeless. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, if and your I, name is not on the lease. And, and Philip Vaughn's been on here, the pro, the chief operating officer now. And, and, you know, he he was semi-homeless, but he owned three rent houses at the yeah. time. So, you know, uh-huh. it's it's not it's not just for homeless people. It's for it's for people that want their lives to Anybody be transformed. Yeah. yeah. So and then the other thing that you said that, that I find one of the reasons that I push faith-based so much is, you know, my mother died at 62 of liver mm-hmm. failure. And when I was looking into going, I was looking to go to a kind of a country club place too up in Dallas for quote unquote professionals, oh, yeah. lawyers, et cetera. And so, and then a lady at a, at a place, she could have gotten fired for this. She get, said, you know what? Let me give you this guy's number. And I called over to this man. The center unfortunately doesn't exist anymore. And he said, I never got sober. He said, I went to eight rehabs and I never got sober until I went to a faith based rehab. Come on. And I had had my mom before my addiction kicked in. I had had my mom in eight rehabs. So God touched my Mm. heart right then. I said, man, that's where I'm going, you know? So, so, and then I, you know, uh, you know, dedicated my life to the Lord and went to the Bible study, went to church and, and, you know, it changed everything about me. So that's, that's why I believe so strongly and I'd, I'd love to do a study someday. The the relapse rates from faith based places because people relapse from faith based places too, right? Versus the relapse places from from the secular recovery, right? And I, you know, one of the things I like about the Open Door Mission is we use every tool in the toolbox. Yeah, we secular, it, uh-huh. smart recovery, twelve steps, Jesus, you name it. Whatever's going to work and touch whatever a man's sticks. heart. Yeah, whatever yeah. sticks. And then some people, you know, uh, 
Philip again has come on the show and said he didn't really have, didn't wasn't a believer either, and he found Jesus through the twelve steps. People, twelve steps gets a bad name anyway. So we're, this goes so fast, you can see we're, yeah, we're running we're out of time. So t- 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 <laughs> tell, yeah, no kidding. T- tell, tell us, tell folks what you do now at the Open okay. Road Mission. So, um, so now I am, um, I control all the financials. Money in, money out, and I do a lot of the onboarding, offboarding. Uh, but essentially, I work to make the mission a better experience, a better place. I help support the staff, and I help support the the clients as much as I can. Um, but it's so it's such an amazing uh, feeling to go to work and just feel the impact, knowing that I uh, I've gone through the mission, so I know it a lot better than a lot of my my colleagues. Yeah, and I know what's going on, what's not going on, and I can directly make those decisions to improve the situation to make it make it a more welcoming space. It's already great. Um, but it's just a blessing for uh, for me to experience both sides of. Oh, yeah. you don't always that, get that for that, you know. That's the fifty one percent that work mm-hmm. there. You know, you guys understand uh, understand the program and understand what the guys need and what, what the men need. You know, it's it's just a blessing to me. You know, we go in every Wednesday night with our Break Every Chain ministry mm-hmm. and lead the guys, in, and you can just see. You know, not 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 a hundred percent, but yep. you can see the guys who are getting it. You can see the you light see in their the eyes. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. can see that that God is changing their hearts, and and it's just it's there's no greater blessing. And of course, I like to tell people, and I I believe this with all my heart. Also, is our Christian walk is the same as our recovery walk. Yeah. You know, we we, we got to self-examine ourselves. We got to surrender to Jesus. Got to forgive. We got to forgive mm, people. That's on. so and and, and be forgiven. Forgi- be forgiven. Yes. And and then we got to continue to evaluate ourselves. Or, or are we doing the right thing? Are we living for the Lord? And then we got to get back. That's the most important. That's what Jesus uh-huh. did. We're to Those imitate gifts. Christ. You know. Uh-huh. And He came and He served. He, he Son of Man came not to serve, to be served, but to serve. You know. So uh, it's just a, it's just a wonderful thing. So, um, so you are in charge. And when did you graduate? Um, I graduated the mission May 2020. Okay, so so right at the height of COVID. Mm-hmm. And I thought we, we thought we were gonna, all going to die. I felt like. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was like one of those things where I was like, no, I didn't leave everything for recovery to stop. You know, staff stopped, couldn't come in. So I, Simon and I, my colleague, we ran the whole program. I did the back end. He, he facilitated and we, we made it happen. Yeah. Uh, Tommy found a great spot for me in education. So I go into education. I was like, okay. We have a GED program. It has to work. Yeah. Guys got to start getting GED. So that, you know, that's that begins to roll. We got a guy earn his GED. And then guys, I was like, oh, let's look at this resume. Since I was a higher manager at Marriott, I know the questions. I know what needs to happen. I know what you need to say. It was almost like God prepared me for this op- that op- that spot. Isn't that amazing? Before I even, you know, realized it. We're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and Amen. the word of our testimony. And see, God puts you in that spot mm-hmm. and, and, uh, to, in order to, for you to be able to d- do the best job you could at the mission. That, yeah. that's, that's awesome, brother. That is really awesome. So good. Yeah, God is good. So did you go back to work at the Marriott? Or, I didn't. Uh, you didn't? You just went straight to work for the mission? Uh-huh, and God put accounting in my heart at the Marriott, but I wasn't able to move over. I had some red tape, and it was always something. I was always in trouble, and I felt like that was something I just could never achieve, and it was just amazing. Uh, when I graduated the mission, I jumped into ACC and started doing accounting classes because I want to sit for the CPA exam soon. Okay. Um, And then Tommy found an opportunity for me to, to, to head the financials for – the mission blew my mind again because I hear God is again. Um, and I couldn't explain to people why I wanted to do accounting. It was just, it was in my heart. Because um, I'm an artist. I went to, that's why I graduated from my undergrad degrees. I oil paint and do all these things. Um, and it just felt like uh, a blessing. 
Well, that reminds me. Somebody the other day told me, okay, wait a minute. You're a lawyer and a pastor. Isn't oh, yeah. that a conflict of interest? Oh, yeah. And I said, no. <laughs> so, so you're an artist and an accountant. Uh-huh. That's awesome, it's, brother. It's a blessing. <laughs> that's, that's what a, it is. That, that's awesome. So my dad is an accounting professor, by the way. So uh-huh. so uh, I understand accounting. It it never quite jived with me, but I'm glad it jived with you because yeah, you're doing I a great job at the mission. That's wonderful. Thank you. So anyway, to, to summarize, folks, uh, men come in the mission. There's an original 30-day or so period where they're uh-huh. what's called ES, ES, where they're you know, and they've got some restrictions on what they can do and can't do, and and uh, they're just getting their feet wet, and so many are just getting their minds right, mm-hmm. you know, getting sober and getting getting their minds clear. Uh, that that's a wonderful thing about sobriety is you have a clear mind. Yeah, fog starts to clear. Oh, I know. God, God, and God made us, you know, they they could, for example, they can do scans of people that were on cocaine and they can do their brain at, at when they two weeks, six months and two years, Uh and you can see the brain clearing up, you know, it's, it's wonderful. People don't have to live the way, way they're living now. So anyway, so they go through that period and, and, and then, you know, We've been trying to schedule some new spiritual classes, yep. and and uh, there's spiritual stuff scattered throughout the program. But but the men stay busy, man, yes. trying to clear out some time in the program. I mean, they are you know, for example, tonight we're going to go and and do break every chain. We won't be done till eight thirty. Mm-hmm. I mean, they start at six in the morning, and you know, Not so stop. they no yeah, time. It, it develops a work ethic. It develops a, a spiritual awakening. It develops you know, like you said, GEDs, it getting makes, GEDs. Yeah. It uh, makes the heart fertile. career planning. It's a wonderful. Thing. All right, so this is Pastor John Allworth. We love you at New Covenant Church. It's a blessing to be here, but most importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. We'll be yes. back next week. Good night and amen. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.